Hey everybody, it's Anna J. Wollner with the Author Library, and I am excited today to have with me Mickey Mickelson with the Creative Edge. Mickey, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure, Anna. First and foremost, I want to say thank you for your support with uh, bringing my members of my team on and, and bringing me on today. Um, my name is Mickey. I, I'm a independent publicist, have been for about five years. And through that journey, we've amassed multiple, multiple media connections worldwide. We've got two New York Times bestsellers we represent. We have six USA Today bestsellers that we represent, uh, multiple international bestsellers. We represent Melanie, a musician who played at Woodstock. And um, we also represent three publishers as of today. So really, really happy to be here. Thank you. And Fantastic. Uh, that, that is quite the impressive list. And it answers one of my questions. If you are primarily a literary agency or if you uh, use your talents in other areas of the entertainment industry and you have a musician, you have a couple of musicians. Yeah, this year we, um, thanks for the question. We actually branched out a bit. I, I have an author who's actually friends with Melanie and so I'm a big 60s history buff and I just like the 60s music. And I'm a big fan of Melanie herself with Brand New Key and, and Beautiful People owning a couple of her albums. So I called her and I, we had a, a good hour and a half long discussion just about music and her meetings with John Lennon and Jimi Hendrix and things like that. And I thought to myself, you know what, Melanie, do you have an agent or a manager or somebody? And she's like, no. So we, we had a good hour-long talk, and then right after that, a contract was signed, and I've been working with her since February. It's fantastic. Amazing. That is an awesome story, uh, and I'm sure it was an amazing conversation to have with someone who was there. My uh, dad goosebumps on my, Goosebumps on my arms, let me put it that way. And she's so down to earth for who she is. And, and I mean, she's a global music, like, bestseller. She's played at the Isle of Wight. She played at Woodstock. Um, she played at Madison Square Garden on stage at John Lennon. So for her to do all those things, and she's so well-grounded. And, and that's, the, that's the, the whole aspect of why I do this, because everybody I represent, and some are bigger, some are smaller, of course, but right. everybody is so well-grounded and just not don't have the ego aspect. That's really important especially in a, a working relationship to deal with someone that um that you can get along with and you know um takes constructive critiques uh, really well and um so that, that is awesome so i have to ask the question that has been like i have always wanted to know and i know that a lot of people who watch the channel uh, who, who have been on before as an independent author specifically um, do I need a publicist? Uh, and why? I mean, what, what is it that, um, I see a lot of people that are represented by, um, publicists and what is the benefit of being rep represented by a company like Creative Edge? I'm going to tread carefully on this because I think it's a <laughs> bit of a loaded question in a good way, for sure. Um, I get asked that a lot by media people, by authors, all of that. And 
we're curious. My, my, well, exactly. And my, my, my answer to that is, if you're questioning why you need a publicist, the effectiveness of working with a publicist, that, that's it. Um, there's a misconception that publicists, when you sign with them, they're going to wave their magic wand and you're going to be a bestseller. Well, that doesn't happen. What a publicist does, though, is number one, it creates credibility for you when you're reaching out because now you have someone else who's representing you to speak about your works. That's the first thing. So it's going to open some doors that maybe an author can't open themselves. Um, especially true. as especially as self-published a self-published author um some authors are really successful at getting on tv and radio and and podcasts and doing all that stuff other authors like new york times bestseller tosca lee who i represent just don't have time to do that so they hire someone like myself to do that for them um it, it really depends on what the author wants to do if they want to leverage a publicist and actually when they're hiring that publicist actually work with them and let them be the expert in that field, then yes, it's, it's imperative and important that they work together. But if you're going to hire a publicist and then just them to doing everything yourself, then why hire them? And it happens all the time. So yeah. that's my take. And, you know, um, there, there, there is a certain amount of, um, there are a certain amount of things that I have tried to pursue that I've been asked, who are you represented by? And, you know, uh, that that was kind of what you talked about, you know, that door that I wasn't able to open um, to get onto a, a show or into a, a magazine or something like that. So I think, I think that's a, a really good point that you bring up I've also seen uh, some PR, uh, some publicists that take a very um, aggressive um, uh, stance towards pursuing sales in the way that they um, handle their clients in like sending out cold emails and direct messages and private messages. And that's not, that's not, so, that's not something that you necessarily want someone to to do is bother your readers to the point where you're they're getting frustrated so i think finding the right publicist is key yeah for sure and i mean this segues into another point if i can make a point anna i think um, whenever i have author meetings and and i'm talking with probably five to ten authors every single week and one of the first questions I have with them is simply, you know, what is it you want to do? What is it your vision? What is it your goal? And a lot of them are like, well, I want to sell more books. And I'm like, great. But that's not what Creative Edge is about. We're, we're about building that author brand over the long-term focus. So we don't focus on one book specifically. We don't focus on a three-month campaign like the traditional houses do or a four-month campaign. We're as successful promoting the backlist of our authors as we are the new books because what we're doing is we're boosting the signal of our author's brand and by following that process over the long-term aspect, sales will come. But that's, that's um, 
a related aspect to what we actually do. Our goal is not that. And in fact, when I'm working with my authors, I never get sales data. Number one, I don't want it. And number two, because I'm focused on building their brand, that that's what I'm all about. So when an author becomes an international bestseller, it's not because we focused on their sales of their books. It's because we focused on opportunities. They're going to build their brand up with reader focused media and, and such. I'm really glad that you brought up that point because a lot of authors don't outline a goal strategy or a marketing strategy or a strategy of any kind. Uh, I, 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 I know that I did that in the beginning. I went into this thinking creatively and have a degree in business. And I, I took a step back and I said, Anna, what are you doing? You know, uh, your, your books are literally, you are a small business and your book is your product. You need right. to take a step back and look at your author branding and your, your reader platform. And there, think of it like you are back at your desk and you're, you're working to build up that brand because I can give you, you know, five big oil and gas companies right now. And you'll know who every single one is because they've built that brand the same way that I can give you five authors, big authors, and you know immediately who I'm talking about and what their books are because they have that author platform. Exactly. It's, it's, it, and this may be a bad analogy, I'm going to use it anyways. It's like McDonald's. When you talk McDonald's, you don't think the right. quarter pounder or the Big Mac. You think the golden arches. That's what they're known for. Whenever you go to a location, you're looking for that giant M on, on outside the, their restaurant. So it's no different here. I mean, Stephen King, who's one of the most successful authors of all time, he's built his brand up. He didn't build his brand as a result of Carrie or Cujo or The Shining. He built his brand because of everything that he's known for. And that's, that's what I'm doing as well with my team. Same process. And in the same way that Stephen King can write uh, not only horror, but he's written other genres as well. If you are a Stephen King fan and he puts out a book uh, as a fan of the author themselves and their platform, you are most likely going to pick up that book and see what it's about. Exactly. So I know we all have our favorite authors and whatever they write, we're going to buy because we just, we've liked what they've put out in the past and they have right. that reputation. It's all about, you know, uh, building that reputation too. Exactly. It's a Stephen King branding aspect. So no different. Absolutely. And reputation goes a long way um, as well. So, um, so building that reputation up as, as, um, as a, as an author is important um, being, you know, judicious in, um, in, the things that you post online, having a cohesive uh, marketing strategy, whether uh, whether it's color and all of your digital creatives kind of need to be in line with one another so that you create that entire cohesive, you know, feel for your brand. And I think a lot of people don't think that far ahead. Um, so that's where you can you can help and come in. It's true. 
uh, almost every author interview, well, half of them at least, where um, where I'm consulting and determining whether we're a direct fit together, half the authors are like, you're going to get me on Ellen or you're going to get me on Oprah. And I'm like, this, this conversation's over because you have no real expectations of what right. I can or can't do. So, yeah. If, if, if I come to you and I say, you know, Mickey, I want you to, um, uh, or sorry, Mikey, I, I want you to uh, 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 get me uh, to uh, become a New York Times bestseller on this book. You're going to tell me no. You're going to tell me tell I, can't, no. I can't do that. That's an unrealistic expectation and you need to reassess. Yes, exactly. What we're, what we're really, and I don't know if there's a question in this, but I'm going to bring it up. What we're really trying to do is build every one of our clients' media resumes. And the way to do that, whether they be a, a client who's releasing their first brand new book or a client like Tosca Lee, who's had highly successful 12 plus books, multiple New York Times bestsellers. But what we're doing is we're building up their resume. And that resume is going to entail with small opportunities, medium opportunities, and big opportunities. For someone who's brand new, those small opportunities will lead to other things. But authors don't wrap, can't wrap their heads around that. And they're like, well, this show only has 40 or 50 views. I'm like, yes, you're right, but it's a start. And every time you get an opportunity to put more on your resume, it's just another way to show that you're wanted out there and that you're needed and people are watching what you do. Absolutely, I couldn't, I, I couldn't agree more. So, uh, it, so um, I think when most people hear the word publicist, they automatically associate a big expense with yep. the types of services that you are describing right now. Can you kind of, do you feel comfortable addressing that? I'm glad you asked the question. I would love to okay. do that. So here's the preconception of both publicists, and this is going to be very, very negative, but I'm going to bring it up. Publicists are deemed as lazy individuals, and all they want is a ton of money up front and, and make false promises. That's the stigma. And that's something that I've had to deflect against for five years. Um, I have 80 clients, 80 plus clients. Some of those clients I've worked with since day one. So I've had the same clients in some aspects for over five years. Wow. The way I've done that is I've built loyalty, not only with my pricing structure, but the fact that we've built up a large scale community. My, my rates are, are a little bit different. Um, I don't take money up front. So the hundreds of emails that I send out on a launch, it's, I don't get paid for that. A press release I'm building up for my clients, I don't get paid for that. The only time I get paid is when they're actually booked. If I don't book them anything, they don't pay me anything. Um, I mentioned offline that my daughter help create this brand and, and the logo with the puzzle pieces. And, and I said that when I started this, we wanted to be a house to help authors, not to just take their money and run. So if a Creative Edge client isn't getting value from something that we're working together on, then let me know and we'll either tweak or we'll shake hands. But my, my mandate is not 
to take a whole bunch of money and, and the per- people I work with not get value back. It's meant yeah. to be a relationship. And so that's where we're at. I think that's great because uh, I do think that sometimes publicists do have a bit of a negative connotation. I know that I've had one publicist individual uh, who has pestered me repeatedly um, on a social media platform and others. um, And it's a very, uh, it's a very high pressure approach that he's having his authors who have signed with him use to have people buy their books. And it's really getting this individual, I will not say names um, or the platform on which I'm speaking, but uh, it really is garnering uh, not only the publicist, but the, the authors who choose to use this publicist a negative reaction right out of the gate. So that's something that you don't want um, is to see that name come up and automatically say, again, you know, um, and uh, so you mentioned that you don't take any money up front. Can you expand on some other red flags that we should, if we're considering, first off, guys look at Creative Edge. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if you're considering um, uh, hiring a publicist, but uh, for those who, what would you uh, say are some big red flags in hiring a publicist? What are some things that you say that's a deal killer? Don't go with that company. Um, I don't want to get caught in the trap of signing right, companies right, or know. publicists, but but, but I'll, I'll tread carefully mm-hmm. if I can. I think my advice to anybody looking at a publicist and even with my company, um, I'll just talk to what I do with my process. Whenever I'm considering signing a new client, we, we have a, an hour long discussion about business and, and goals and visions and all of that. There are publicists out there who will charge money for that consultation. And the money up front. That's, that's part of the flag. money up front. And I'm of the belief that you're working in a relationship. You're trying to develop a community. I develop communities with my authors. I also develop communities within media. If you talk to any media that I use, it's it's set as a community. But but I think in terms of red flags, it's it's just really important that authors do their homework, take a look at testimonials, take a look and see if they say they've done what they said they would do. If they're advertising that they're getting authors on the Today Show or Fox News or, or any of these places, um, research that they've done that. Make sure that they're not simply just sending out a press release using a press release firm to show that these press releases are posted internally to all these sites, but you're not seeing any traction back from that. And so that's just one example. Yeah. Check out, check out the author's pages, guys. Look at the authors that they represent and see if they're achieving the kind of goals uh, that you're wanting to achieve. I think that's something that, that authors need to do when vetting publishers as well, because there are many different types of publishing out there, uh, whether or not it's a small press a publisher, whether or not it's a a, a vanity press, um, which I 
personally um, advise against. But yeah, we don't work with going, vanity presses. No. Um, if you're going with a small press um, publishing house, uh, look at how they treat their other authors and what they've achieved, what that publishing company has done for that author and where they're at. Um, kind of do a little bit of your, your, your homework. The same goes with an agent. If I know that PitMed is coming up here on June 3rd, and there are uh, a lot of people who will be pitching in PitMed on Twitter. Uh, and so if you do get um, an agent reach out to you and say, hey, I want to take a look at your book, first, take a look at their website and see what other things you can find out about them and just be judicious in your homework before you pick an agent. In all areas, just um, kind of use your best judgment and do your homework. I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's important to note that anytime there's money being asked of the author upfront for anything, whether it be getting a publicist, whether it be getting an agent, whether it be developing a screenplay for a potential TV series, if these companies are asking for authors to give their money up front, it's probably too good to be true. Yeah. That's my opinion. Yeah. That's, that's some awesome advice. So a lot of authors that you work with um, has uh, have, have <laughs> uh, some pretty big accolades. USA Today bestsellers, as you said, uh, New York Times bestsellers. Was that uh, before they joined your team or after? Is that something that you helped to cultivate? I'm just trying to, you know. Yeah, uh, no. Um, we've we've had a we've had a couple of international bestsellers who became international bestsellers after working with us. Um, the majority of the the USA Today bestsellers or, or New York Times bestsellers they've joined after they they hit those accolades. Gotcha. But part of that aspect and the reason that they sign with me is number one, um, they're saving time and, right. and they're able to concentrate more on writing. Um, and, and the traditional houses that they're working with, those publicists they work with at, at those big houses, they're very good at what they do, but they only have a short window of aspect as to where they're promoting. So three, four months of promotion and those publicists have now moved on to other projects, whereas I've developed within my internal process that we're able to, to promote books over a longer term. For example, I've mentioned Tosca Lee a couple of times, and I'll mention her one last time, but um, her latest duology, The Line Between and A Single Light, we've actively promoted that series for the last year and a half, and we're wow. still getting opportunities today on it, to be honest. So yeah, just an example. And that brings up another really great point for all authors out there, uh, guys. It is a it it is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Um, it, it's a long game. Perseverance, patience, and um, persistence. Three Ps. There you go. I just made that up. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, you should write a book on it. <laughs> um, but guys, it really is about uh, it. Really is about setting realistic expectations. We don't go out there and um, and expect to make the New York Times bestseller list with our debut novel unless, you know, it's just one of those um, strange 
happenstance occurrences that you do hear about, but they don't happen often. So for the majority of us, it does take some time and, and patience to go through the process. As Mickey said, um, it's like um, a year and a half, you know, that he's worked with some of these clients. So, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll talk about one other example of an author that became an international bestseller after signing with me. We actually relaunched the, the book. Um, her name is Catherine Hudson. And um, she wrote a book called Sleepwater Beat that she wrote before working with me. She did some stuff on her own, got a little bit of reviews and things like that. But then we actually relaunched it. And within six months, it had hit the number one bestseller list on Amazon and Kobo in multiple countries. So Australia, UK, Canada, States. She got coverage in Curve Magazine, which is the biggest, world's biggest selling lesbian magazine. She's had coverage of File 770, the biggest science fiction fan fiction site. Um, she got TV interviews locally. And so that's a good news story because it shows that my process actually worked. And we've done that multiple times since then, actually. That is amazing. And the launch, um, especially when you are in a series. Um, guys, um, a lot of authors uh, don't realize how important that first book is. So if you were writing a series, your readership base, if you sell 3,000 copies of your first book in that series, uh, you are more likely to expound that readership base um, if you... Uh, once the book releases and they read it and they recommend it to their friends and it all is all based on whether or not they like the book that which is subjective but you can uh, it you can really blow a, a series by blowing the release of the first book so it is something that that you have to take very seriously and um, and Mickey just yeah. explained a great example of that yeah, for sure. And I mean, we I, I sign clients who are looking for promotion on their second, third, fourth book in their series. And that just happens. I didn't get an opportunity to work on the launches of their previous books in that same series. So when they sign with me, what I do is I say, look, we need to start from scratch and start building up the branding of you, but also the series in the beginning. So I'm actually actively getting reviews on books that might be two or three years old, but it's the first book in the series. And then once those opportunities happen, we're able to double dip and triple dip on those same um, aspects. And it's very, very successful. It's, 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 it, again, it's all part of that business strategy of thinking of yourself and uh, as a small business and your books as a product, which, which seems like you're, you kind of have to step away from your creativity as an author to think in that logistic way, which is difficult um, if you yeah. don't have a background in it because you're so very close to the project. You're so very close to the story and the characters because it is a very personal part of who you are as an author. Absolutely. But to be successful, you kind of have to take a step back and say what is best for the brand and for the book itself. And Absolutely. I think... I think that uh, that that you're a company that kind of helps to keep authors' expectations in line and keep them on track. For sure, and I mean it's all 
we're we're all built on collaborations um, and 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 community building and and things like that. I mean, even I mean, with the media aspect, we we make friends with the media. We we build them up. We've got um, arrangements with media. I think we have this year. I think we have thirty eight full schedules of opportunities for the year with media vehicles, bloggers, podcasts, TV stations, things like that. So. Well, before we before we sign off, uh, let's just tell me what is the best thing about being a publicist? What is the one thing that just makes it all worthwhile? Is it um, a specific, can you think of one specific thing that just was a, a shining moment for you or is it the whole process? I get to work with and I love the question. I get to work with some of the most highly intellectual and spirited individuals in the literary world today. And my job is to build them up and build their brands up every minute of every single day that I'm doing this. When I get a call from a mainstream author because we got them on a TV show, I can't emphasize <laughs> enough how rewarding it is to get that feedback or when I, when a, an author who hadn't hit the bestseller list hits the bestseller list or gets that starred review, the phone call or the email I get coming back from that is so rewarding. I can't even emphasize enough what I feel like when that happens. And that's, that's why I do this every single day. And I will say, um, guys, uh, I, I'm, I've gotten emails um, at, or sent you emails late at night because I write late at night because, you know, I, yeah. I have a kiddo and I have to wait until she goes to sleep to really focus. And um, I've sent you an email late in the evening thinking that in your inbox overnight and, and you'll get to me tomorrow. And that's that is not you. <laughs> I'll get an I'll get a response in, in 10, 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> I didn't mean to. It's good. I I I I get up at four a.m. every single day, and I work till midnight half the time. So, because I love what I do. I understand. And you got to love what you do if you're going to be successful. And um, yeah. So very very true. Hey, yeah. thank you so so much for coming on and answering uh, some of the questions that I have uh, always wanted to know and and wondered about. Um. And guys, if you haven't already, make sure that uh, you go ahead and subscribe to the channel so that you don't miss out on more amazing content. As Mickey said, I, if, if we're going to be having some amazing authors coming up that you don't want to miss. So make sure that you subscribe to the channel so that you don't miss out on those videos. And thank you again for taking the time to sit down with me today. Thanks for having me. It was a blast. I absolutely enjoyed it. Everyone else, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you again here soon. Bye, guys. Bye.